Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. So I was in my last year of business school, and I'm getting ready to graduate. And uh, so I go sit down with my academic advisor and I sit down with her and make sure that I got like all of my classes already taken care of and you know that I'm ready to graduate. And so I'm sitting down in that meeting and she breaks some really bad news to me. She says, Forrest, you have an arts class that you never took to complete all of the credits for graduation. And I'm like, oh no. And I know you look at me, you're like, oh Forrest, you're such an artist. You know, how could have you missed an arts class? Um, But uh, honestly, I am not a great artist. So I'm like, all right. So I take out the, the course catalog and I start looking through the book and I'm like, okay, what's the easiest possible arts class I can take to get this class done with? And so I find film studies section. I'm like, okay, film studies. Like, how hard can a film studies class be? I mean, you watch movies, right? So I find one that fits my schedule, and I sign up for it, and I get to the first day of class, and the professor, he goes through the syllabus with us, and I'm like, oh, no. I found out in that moment that I signed up for a graduate-level Eastern Bloc European horror film class. (laughs) Yep. So not only do I get to watch really bad horror movies every week, Half of them are in foreign languages. And then every week I've got to write a paper on the movie that we watch. And the paper's answering questions that have uh, words in it like cross fade and like jump cut and all these, you know, film terms that I don't think most of us really know what they are. And so I'm sitting in this class and I'm so confused, but I've got to get this class done. Like I need it to graduate, so I'm stuck. But I'm just really, really, really confused. Have you guys ever felt like that about something? Maybe even the Bible? Yeah, I think a lot of us have. Um, Welcome to the Ridge, everybody. If we haven't met yet, my name is Forrest, and I am the uh, pastor of our future Oak Creek Franklin campus. And just a shameless plug here for a second. If you live in the Oak Creek Franklin or any of the surrounding communities around there, we would love to have you a part of our launch team, which is the team that gets to just go uh, determine the impact that our campus is going to have there. So I'd love to just have a conversation with you about what that means. So stop by our booth out in the lobby after services, and either myself or one of our team members would love to help you understand what does it mean to be a part of our team. Well, today we're actually wrapping up a series that we've been in for the last few weeks called The Most Important Thing. And what we've been talking about and learning is uh, about the most important thing that we can do in our faith journey to make sure that we can fulfill our purpose. And here's our purpose. It's simply this, to become somebody who loves, looks, and lives like Jesus. To ultimately become the person that God wants us to be. And one of the things that we've learned is that, that that doesn't happen here in services every week, that that doesn't happen in a ridge group, and that doesn't happen simply by serving other people, although all those things are important. God can use those. But what we've learned is that the most important way that God does this, and studies have backed this up for years, is by us regularly reading our Bible. And by regularly, what we mean is four times a week for 10 to 15 minutes each time. And in the first week, what we learned is that our goal for the series isn't just simply to read the Bible, 
but it's to use this time where we're reading the Bible to help God transform our mind. See, to help us grow closer to who he is and, and help us understand a little bit more about what he wants from us. To help transform us from the inside out so that we can ultimately be that person that God wants us to be. And in week two of this series, what we learned is that Jesus, he is at the center of the story of the Bible. And so if Jesus is at the center of the story of the Bible, and then Jesus should, is at the center of our faith, then he should be at the center of our life. And last week was a really important week because what we did is we learned how the book of the Bible is constructed. You know, it's a very intimidating book. So what we did was we actually deconstructed the Bible and then we rebuilt it up. And what we learned is that the book of the Bible isn't just one book, but it's actually 66 books that makes it one of the most important and impactful set of documents that have ever been put together in the history of the world. And what we also learned is that there's two parts to the Bible. You know, there's the Old Testament, which is the time before and the documents pointing to Jesus. And then that there's the New Testament, which is the history of Jesus and his followers. And it talks about everything that they all accomplished in his name. And everything that we've talked about up to this point, man, it has been really, really, really important. And if you, I want you to catch up. And if you haven't caught all of our messages, I want you to go to our YouTube channel and you can catch up on all of the messages there. And it's been awesome just hearing the stories from all of you who have been impacted by this series already, especially the stories of life change. Because that's what we're talking about here. This is a series to help change our lives. And the cool thing is that we've given away more Bibles during this series in the last couple weeks than we have all year round. But here's the thing. Everything that we've gone through so far, none of that matters unless we do what I'm going to talk about today. So today I've got a simple agenda. It's not complicated, but it's really, really important. And it's this. I want to help you understand how to read the Bible regularly. And again, when we talk about regular, what we're saying is four times a week for 10 to 15 minutes each time. You know, when I first became a follower of Jesus, I had a lot of questions about who God is and what he wanted from my life. And I had this dude that was pouring into me. And one of the things he challenged me to do was to read the Bible. But he also helped me understand how to read the Bible. And honestly, it has changed my life. See, it's helped me shed a new light on all the things that I was going through at that time and are still going through. You know, it's the things that I was struggling with, like how to be a good father, how to be a good husband, how to be a good friend, how to be a good leader. And it gave me this great new perspective on my life that I never had before. And it helped me understand a little bit more about who God is and what he wants for me. And what if God doesn't simply want to do something for you? But what if he wants to tell you something directly through his word? See, I think that's what God wants for all of us. And so just like my buddy, he poured into me and helped me understand how to read the Bible. I want to do the same thing for all of us today. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to learn how to read the Bible. And I'm going to start with step one. And step one, it's not a really complicated step, but it's an important step. Here it is. Read it. Yeah, simple, right? You might be saying, okay, Forrest, like why do you have to tell us something so simple? 
Well, it's because of this. The reality is we don't read the Bible. You know, Jesus was at, or, uh, answering a bunch of questions that were being asked of him by some religious leaders once. And, and he was answering their questions, you know, for the most part for a while. And then he was getting so frustrated by all the questions that were coming at him. He, he turned to them and he asked them this. He said this, you don't know the scriptures. Have you not read what God said to you? See, Jesus was so surprised that the people that claimed to be experts in spirituality and experts in faith didn't even read the primary text that they were talking about. And the reality is that things really haven't changed since then. Like, we don't really read the Bible. You know, God, he gave us his word. Right? He gave us the Bible. And there's not many of us who read this. You know, we'll go through all the efforts of, of getting ourselves and our families here for a service. And you'll listen to somebody like me tell you what's in this Bible. But I think if you go that far, man, you owe it to yourself to read what's in here for yourself. You know, a lot of our values, many of our values have been determined by what people have told us that's in this book. And maybe you've even been hurt or feel guilty about what somebody told you that's in this book. But yet you're completely unsure because you're like, I I'm just taking somebody else's word for it. And maybe even somebody took this book and they like waved it at you or they told you something that's in here that just hurt you, made you feel horrible. See, a lot of our values are determined by what other people have told us in this book. But yet we don't read it for ourselves. You know, some of you are trying to live your married life or you're trying to raise kids or you're trying to manage your finances the way that you believe God wants you to. And maybe even the way that you value God or think the way that he values all of these different things in our lives has been de determined by what you believe is in this book, but yet you've never read it. See, I think you owe it to yourself to at least grab this book Open it up and read what's in here. So that's the first thing. Just read it. And what I want you to do is I want you to get a modern translation of the Bible to read. Get a translation of the Bible that helps you understand it, a contemporary translation of the Bible to read. You know, a couple weeks ago, a friend of mine here at the Ridge was really excited to show me this Bible that he had that's been handed down through many generations of his family. It's a beautiful Bible. It's from the 1800s, and I wanted to read one of the verses that comes from that Bible to you, and here it is. Unzeid el Nugersberg, Kindling, Birgerd, nach der Vermenwivden, Unverschel Schmilch, Dammit Erduk, See, Zermit Zum Heil. You guys got that? Yeah, I have no idea what I'm reading. Yeah, and that's because I don't understand German. I don't speak German. I, as you can see, I, I don't really read German well. Um, but many people, when they've tried to read the Bible, they felt as maybe confused or as off as I did when I was reading it there. And there's a reason for that. It's because they picked an outdated translation of the Bible to read and it set them up for failure. Just like me reading German at any point in my life just sets me up for failure. But here's a quick overview of the translations that might just help you out a little bit. You know, the Bible was originally written in two different languages. 
the Old Testament. It was written, into, in, written in the language of its time, which was Hebrew. And the New Testament was written in the language of its time, which was Greek. And so that means that all of our Bibles today are translations of those original languages. And that's the way it is for many ancient manuscripts. You know, no matter what language they're originally written in, whether it was like Latin, Greek, Hebrew, um, Spanish, you know, Spanish, uh, German, any of those languages, if you're reading an English version of it, what you are is you're reading a translation of that original language. And so that's why when people say, hey, how can you believe what's in the Bible? Because there's just so many different translations of the Bible. Well, you say it's because they don't understand that if you're reading something in English that's an old manuscript, you're reading a translation. It just happens with all of them. And here's what I want you to do. Not just get a Bible that's translated into English, but I want you to get a Bible that's translated into the English that we speak now. Uh, let's read the same verse we did in German from the King James translation of the Bible. It says this, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Now, it's easier to understand than the German version is, but is that the way that we speak now? No. That's because that version was written from the English that was spoken back in the 1600s. Now, let's read a little bit more of a modern English translation, and this is the same translation we actually hand out for free. It says, Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. See, now that's an easier translation to read, right? That makes more sense to us. And here's the thing about translations. What we're not doing is taking the original thing and changing the context of it. We're not trying to change the context of what the original Bible was written in. But what we're doing is they're trying to help us understand in our own language, the way we speak now, what they were trying to say in the language that they were speaking back then. And that's why there are so many different translations out there. It's not that we don't understand or know what the Hebrew or the Greek mean, means. It's because English has changed so much over time. Let's just think about how English has changed over the last few years. Tweets and pings used to be noises things made, right? Now they're messages on social media and the way uh, you, you, you save pictures. A cloud. It used to be that fluffy white thing in the sky. And now it's some place that you store media or store stuff digitally, and I still don't understand how they work. But tag, it used to be a game we played. And now it's something you do on social media to show somebody else, you know, that you like them or something like that. So, so what you need to do is you need to get yourself a modern translation of the Bible. You know, one that takes that original manuscript of the Bible and puts it into the modern language that we are speaking today and it'll be so much more easier for you to read and also help you understand what it says. We've got two translations that we really like around here. The first one is the NIV, the New International Version, and then the NLT, which is a New Living Translation. And this is the one that we hand out all the time. And so if you need a Bible that's in a modern translation, we've got them for you for free. Just stop by the Next Steps area right across the hall and we'll take care of getting you one. All right. Here's the third thing I want you to do. I want you to find a time, a place, and a plan to read the Bible. 
Now, if you talk to anybody who's made uh, reading the Bible a regular habit of their lives, they'll tell you that they've got a time, a place, and a plan that they do it because it helps them get more out of reading the Bible. So let's break that down. Let's start with time. See, you need to choose a time that you're going to do this each day. You know, isn't it true that the most important things in our lives, we schedule? You're the most important relationships in our lives. You know, we schedule time with them. The most important financial issues that we have, like paying our bills, we schedule a time to do that. And this may sound a little weird to you, but one of the biggest and most important decisions you're going to make when it comes to you reading the Bible is picking the time of the day that you read it. You know, I think the morning is the best time, but I know there's people that read it, you know, at their lunchtime or people that read it before they go to bed. But anyone who wants to read the Bible with regularity needs to make this choice and say, hey, this is the time that I'm going to do this. And if you're not a morning person, and believe me, I am not a morning person, there is something special about waking up every day with the Word of God. For me, it just helps me recalibrate my mind, you know, recalibrate my values and focus on the things that are really, really important in life. So for me, that's, that's the best time to do it. And even if you're not a morning person, here's something I do know about you. That there's something you do every day when you get up. You know, that when you wake up in the morning, that there is something that you do first. So what I want to encourage you to do is just blend a little bit of some Bible reading time into your normal morning routine. You know, say, I'm going to set aside this time. You know, I am going to make it an appointment with my Heavenly Father and His Word four times a week for 15 minutes. I am going to leave that time slot available just for me and God. So choose a time. Now you also need to choose a place. Again, if you talk to anybody who makes Bible reading a habit in their life, they'll tell you that they have a specific place that they do it. And here's what I mean by a place. It's a spot that you go to. And when you are in that place and you are sitting there and you've got the Bible in front of you, you've got the Word of God there, that something special happens where you feel that you know that you're there for a purpose. You know, it's this place that you know that every time you go to, you know that you're there to spend time with God and His Word. And it could be as simple as like a chair. You know, I've got two places depending on the season here in Wisconsin. You know, during the winter, I've got this chair that's in my bedroom and it's right by a window. And that window overlooks my whole neighborhood. So when I'm sitting there and I'm doing my Bible reading, not only does it help me focus on God, but it also helps me focus on one of his biggest commandments, which was to love your neighbors. And that's such an important thing in my life. And so that's where I sit in the winter. Now in the summer, I've got this place in my back patio. It's on a couch and it overlooks all the nature on my back patio, including the nature of a giant unicorn that's sitting back there. But what it helps me focus on back there is not only my time with God, but also his creation. You know, this place that God created us, this beautiful world that God created for us, full of nature and color and just helps me remember how joyous I am because of his creation. So those are my places, my spots. Maybe for you, it's the chair that you have in your living room. Or it's that spot that you go to every morning where you're drinking your coffee in the kitchen. 
Or maybe, you know, it's in your car before you go to work. You need to choose a spot that you regularly can be at. And here's what else I want you to do. I want you to choose a spot that helps you declutter everything that's happening in your mind. For me, the worst spot I can choose is my office because there's just so much going on in my office and there's so many different distractions there that, that I can't focus on it. So maybe you need to find a place that's a little bit away or a place that's a little bit off the beaten path. All right. So up until this point, I've gone through a lot of material. I just want to kind of catch us up to where we're at. And so we started with this idea of we need to read the Bible, right? So we have to actually read it. And we have to find a modern translation that we're going to read. And we've got to find a time that we're going to do it and dedicate a place that we're going to do it. And so when you're sitting there and you've got this, you know, what do you do when you open it? Well, that's what the plan is for. Your plan helps you understand what to do to get the best out of reading or the most out of reading your Bible. You know, think about if you're going to the gym for the very first time. You know, you walk in the doors of the gym and there's equipment and all sorts of stuff everywhere and you've got to figure out, okay, am I going to do cardio first or am I going to do, you know, weightlifting or I'm going to join Pastor Tyler in the water Zumba class that he's so good at and he loves hanging out at. See, that's the plan. Like, what you're going to do at the gym is the plan. And to make the most out of your Bible reading, you need a plan. And you need a plan that works best for you. See, there's another number of different ways that you can read the Bible. You know, you can read it verse by verse by verse. Or you can read it book by book or chapter by chapter. But here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to take the book of the Bible and sit down, open it up, turn to Genesis and say, I've got to read this thing all the way from front to back. Now, there's a lot of people that can do that, but they're very unique people. And so remember what we talked about last week, that this just isn't one book, which means that you don't have to start at the beginning and read it all the way through to the end. That's actually probably not the best way to read the Bible. So don't do that. But here's what I do want you to do. I want you to start with Jesus. See, Jesus is at the center of it all. So I want you to begin with one of the biographies of Jesus. And those are the New Testament books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they're named after the authors of those books. And they're all a little bit different. They're all a little bit unique because each one of them kind of adds their own personality and style of writing to them. And each one of them as well is, is uh, writing to a different audience. So just grab one of those books and begin by choosing to start with Jesus. Now, I want to go back to one of the passages that we've talked a lot about uh, throughout this whole series. This is when Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says this, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God, that's us, the servant of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So remember, God gave us scripture to transform our mind so that we can live out our ultimate purpose. So that we can live out our purpose, what we need to do is we need to figure out what to do with what we're reading. 
you know, as I talked about my buddy, he taught me how to read the Bible. He gave me this great way to do it. It's actually an acronym called SOAP, S-O-A-P. It's called the SOAP method. And this not only allows me to understand what I'm reading in the Bible, it actually helps me learn what to do with what I'm reading. And so here's how it goes. It goes something like this. I start off with the idea of scripture, right? I got to find what scripture I am going to read. That's the S in SOAP. And I could either be going off of a Bible plan that I've got on the YouVersion app or maybe a devotion I find, or if I just wake up that day and I feel something, like I'm just feeling anxiety or I'm feeling nervous or I'm just hurting by something, I just Google like, okay, what's great scripture to help with anxiety? And so I read that scripture and then I write it down. And when I write it down, what it does is it helps me focus on every single word that I'm writing. And it might be, you know, one verse or it might be multiple verses, but I write it down and then it also helps me actually focus on reading the Bible instead of counting the cobwebs in, in my bedroom. But so I do that and then I, then I write down any observations that I had. That's the O. You know, what's going on that I recognize? You know, what's something that's unique and neat? You know, what's hitting me in the gut, you know, when I'm reading it? And at first, you know, those observations were simple. They're like, okay, you know, Jesus is hanging out with his followers, but after time, those observations got a little deeper. And then I asked myself this one question. How does what I am reading apply to me right now? Application. This is the part where we take these words and we put them into action. You know, so I always ask myself, like, what is one action step I can take away from the scripture that I'm reading today? You know, or, or who is somebody I got to ask for forgiveness from? because what I just read. And then I pray. That's the P. This is the moment where I get to respond to God's word with my own words. And here's what I ask him. Like, don't just make this head knowledge for me, but get this stuff in my heart, God, so that my heart can grow closer to yours. And then I want to act out of that heart. So that's my plan. And it may or may not work for you, but the idea is I want you to start with a plan. So start with this one. We've got it listed on our resource page. You can go there. And then if you get to a point where you're just not, you know, you're not feeling like you're getting much out of your plan or you're, you're tired of reading the Bible, here's what I want you to know. That it's not because of you and it's not because of the Bible. It's because of your approach. See, when I get to that point in my life where I'm just, you know, kind of tired of reading it or I'm just like, feel like I'm just doing something that's, you know, monotonous instead of actually getting something out of it. What I know is it's, it's not me. It's not the Bible. It's the way I'm approaching reading the Bible. And then what I end up doing is that then I change my approach. You know, Paul wrote, to the Colossians in this scripture. And I think this just really sums up this whole series that we're going through. He said this, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. See, as we wrap up our series today, I said we have one simple goal for everyone. But yet that goal is so simple that we don't do it. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to find a time, a place, 
and a plan and commit to reading the Bible. Commit to regularly reading it. All I am asking for is 15 minutes, four times a week. That's one hour out of your weekly schedule. And just watch how God honors that. Watch how you read the Bible and things will start jumping off the page because God, he wants to speak to you. He wants to make a big impact in your life. He wants to change your life for the better. He wants you to ultimately live out the purpose that he has for your life. And guess what? He's given you a plan to do it. It's already written down. It's right here in the Bible. And all you have to do is read it. So find a time, a place, and a plan to read this and become that person that God ultimately wants you to be. Let me pray for us. Oh, Father, and we thank you first and foremost that you love us so much that you're not allowing us to go through this world unguided or without hearing from you, that you wrote down your word for us to communicate to us, to share with us, to show us what you want us to do with our lives. God, as we leave here today, I ask that you just move in our hearts and you push us and you drive us to take the step to open up this book of yours and to read your word. And God, as we do that, we ask that you take that word and don't just let it sit in our minds. You know, just, just, don't just let it be knowledge for us. But God, that you move that knowledge into our hearts and that you transform our minds to a place that drives us into action so that we can live out that goal that you've got for us, which is to live a life where we love, look, and we live like your son. And it's because of his sacrifice. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Church's podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids' and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.